When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig. On this week's podcast, we will be talking about the Watford game. We'll be talking about, are we going to go down? We will be talking about the possibility of another legendary Brazilian defender after the great Casapa potentially joining us in the shape of Diego Carlos. But first, I need to tell you that I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi, Fergus. Hi, Paul. So I tried out something new. I decided, I think I've done it once or twice. I decided I'd sort of like preview what we have coming up in the show before I introduce you, like every actual real professional podcast. But what I didn't do is take the step to like write it down or think about what (laughs) I was going to say before I did it. So it's like baby steps. You know, we've only been going nearly 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. It was was a nod towards professionalism. Sure, yeah. I wouldn't be comfortable with, like, full-on... Like, if we had a theme tune or something, that's that's too much. Yeah. I mean, another nod towards (laughs) professionalism. If you were to shave your massive beard, Dave... (laughs) It's not still scratching, is it? We wouldn't have the constant rubbing. Is it still scratching? Um, Well, every now and again, when you move, but it's understand. I, you know, I understand. Do you know what I mean? You've got your religious beliefs. (laughs) (laughs) Just stay completely still, Dave, for the whole recording. Is it that hard? So we all watched some or all of the Watford game, Dave. I know you were there. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. I think we played well for the up until we scored a goal. We were playing well. We looked adventurous. We were creating chances. Uh, I know that we only had like one shot on target, but the we did we did play well up until we scored the goal, and then and this is going to you know for the past. Five years, Newcastle United have taken a very pragmatic approach to scoring a goal. We tend to score a goal and then kind of retreat it back onto ourselves. Now, How's that working out for us, Dave? Badly, really badly. But the point I was going to make is that under Benitez, there was almost like, um, because the defence was so well drilled, it was kind of all right to kind of retreat a bit. It was infuriating and not the right thing to do. And then under Bruce, the defence got worse. And now under Howe, the defence isn't improving. And we've still got that like that mentality of just scoring a goal and then just sitting back and just inviting pressure. And I think it's the players' psychology that needs to change. The stats are amazing. Paul, I think I'm right in saying that... So, obviously, we all know we've only won, won one game this season. We've taken the lead nine times. Yep. Is it 21 points we've dropped from leading positions? Something like that. We'd essentially be safe by now if we hadn't dropped any of those. I think one of those stats must be wrong because those things don't add up. Basically, we've been ahead 
more than any other team in this league and and gone on to lose that that lead if you know what I mean yeah yeah but it's also it's not just the games where we've um where we've surrendered a lead that, that's infuriating it's the games where early on in the in the the, the match we've done something be it a, an early red card like Clark against Norwich or like an early mistake which means that Man City now have a free one goal lead and they can you know it's not going to be like a resolute performance from us anymore because now we're chasing the game those early individual errors have have invited pressure onto us and it is and I think it's a it smacks of a poor mentality of the squad and insufficient quality in the squad. Definitely insufficient quality, isn't there, Paul? You watch the game as well, right? Yeah, I think it feels like it comes back, I mean, for a long time now, since Rafa's famous blanket, we've not really been able to play attacking football or any kind of progressive football and defend. And that's shown again. It... I don't think it can all come down to player confidence. I think there's no protection from the midfield at all of our defence. So you have players like Jamal Lascelles or Kieran Clark, who in an old system wouldn't really be put under a huge amount of pressure and what pressure there was would be balls coming into the box with quite a lot of our players back and almost positions you can drill for. Whereas now there was that big Lascelles mistake, I think in the first oh. half where it's sort of, He's on the halfway line trying to play a pass to the midfield. And it's just any mistakes he makes now or any of our defenders are in much more dangerous positions and they've just got so little protection. You kind of think if we had a Teote type, our defence would not be nearly as bad. I don't think it just comes down to the defenders, although I'm sure we'll get on to Lascelles and his, his role. Well, it's a, run, it's a running theme that all over the pitch we are lacking. I thought it was, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, Dave. The, I didn't really see the Cambridge game. The last game I saw us play was the full 90 minutes was against Man U before this. And, and that was an all right performance, I thought, against what was on reflection a, a terrible Man United performance. But against Watford, I thought we were awful. I thought we were really bad. I thought... Until and until we scored, I, I I thought we were awful. We scored with a moment of brilliance from Saint Maximin, but I, he was doing my head in all game. <laughs> you know, I, as you know, I was moaning about him that on WhatsApp the second that he scored that goal. So you know, yeah. it well, looked very much too, like was... yeah. Go on. Go on. It looked a lot of all the performances under Howe. It looked the most like any of our performances under Steve Bruce. It felt like the plan was just get it to St. Maximum, hope he beats four players and scores, which actually worked. And even though, you know, yes, there were mo- we had moments going forward before, particularly before, but also after we scored. But we were opened up so many times. And Watford are very bad. And, you know, they had a lot of opportunities to score. They completely, we were so... And, and, and it's not just down to individual errors or just down to our defence. It's interesting because, sorry, finish your point. No, go, go on, because you, you look like you've got a stat for me. Well, yeah, before, <laughs> before we... It's interesting to say that because... Go around. No, but bef- before we scored, um, we'd had 10 shots and none on target. After we scored, we had two shots and one of them was the goal and that's it so yeah there was there was there was there's no doubt there was a huge difference after we scored mm. we definitely retreated we did all the things that are like a, a, you could say a legacy of the Bruce era all the Rafa era yeah it's something to do with the the mentality of the squad you can't necessarily pin that on how yet but there is something in this squad where we are, when we go ahead, we do everything wrong and we get a lot worse. There's no doubt about that. But I thought the whole performance before then, Watford, I mean, we're two sides in a relegation battle who were, were two very bad sides. And mm. I, I didn't see anything 
from us that made me made, I mean we were at home against Watford who are on terrible form and and as usual we did just enough to not win the game yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it's I thought, I thought it was bad it, you know. I, th- I think the, the the things that we have to like take positives from is that again Joe Linton was fine he had a, he had a decent game I thought Trippier was was good I thought he was a real source of, of danger I thought Fraser was creating certainly getting in positions to create chances even though his his crosses weren't finding wood in a good position but I think what let us down was um, Longstaff and Shelby just weren't following the play so when when we were attacking we had maybe two maybe three players in the box, but those were often Wood, St. Maximum and or Fraser. Where, where was the centre midfield? Why weren't they pushing forward? And I think I think it is a legacy issue where you've got as soon as we we as soon as we go ahead, Shelby starts dropping back. I think Lascelles invites pressure by, like you said, Paul, like trying to play a pass through the midfield or something but just dropping back and we drop back and drop back and drop back and the intensity goes. And yeah, we're just, we're asking for it. We're asking for it. It's an odd one. Shelby especially is odd. You can drop back as a unit and be disciplined and that's not necessarily a bad thing to do to protect a lead, but there doesn't seem to be a coherent plan. I don't think how wants us to drop back when we do. And everyone, Shelby would either be pressing their defenders or playing between our centre-backs but not actually doing any of the jobs of a midfielder and he he wasn't alone in this but when whenever he'd get the ball second half it was like he was on fire he'd just volley it away as far as possible going up to Chris Wood who's sort of isolated about 60 yards up it felt like when Hosselu was playing up as a lone striker not I feel like it, it I've said this for probably a couple of years, I always feel like when we go ahead, or e- or even if we're we're trying to play for a draw against a bigger side, we often like it, it's the mentality of the team of those long-standing players like Shelby is that when you want to hold the lead, what you do is you you try a little bit less hard. I, did, I, I don't think that's exactly what they're doing. I don't think it's they're not trying. I think that they're thinking, well, we need to be calm. We need to be calm. So I'm just going to play, I'm going to be sensible and I'm going to drop deeper and I'm going to play simple passes and I'm just going to take, I'm, I'm, they're just saying to themselves, be calm, be calm, be calm. But it, it's but it's in opposition to the actual actions. I can't describe it. It's, just, it's, it's almost, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like, oh, let's not, let's not take a risk here, lads. Yeah. Let's let's not let's not like mm. overreach. Let's play within ourselves. Let's just exactly. But what it comes out is like, well, let's not do anything. Let's <laughs> just invite pressure, as you say. Let's let's not not offer anything. And also, they just do not have the quality to to knock it around the the defense and the midfield for seventy minutes or whatever. No. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned, Paul, which I should come on to. Is that we've, we've in our last two games we've had two debuts. Uh, this one was from uh, Chris Wood. Any observations, Paul? It, it was weird before this game. I was quite excited about Chris Wood, and about twenty minutes into the game, I remembered he was Chris Wood from Burnley, <laughs> and was like, "Oh, we've spent twenty-five million pounds on Chris Wood. That's that's a, that's a decision someone's made." I felt yeah, a bit I, sorry I for think... him because there was there were problems with our service. As good as Trippier was, him and Fraser down the right, around, they're the only ones who are going to cross, really. Dummett gets past the halfway line, panics and goes backwards. St. Maximin's going to try and beat about 10 players. But if you're going to cross it into someone like Chris Wood, knock it in early, we would sort of set ourselves, almost like we were saying to the Watford defence, get yourself settled like it's a training exercise so you can have as good a chance of dealing with this as possible. We'll pass it between ourselves so you can all get back because we don't want to give you an unfair, ungentlemanly advantage. 
So I felt I, a bit I think, for Chris Wood, but the one job you want him to do is hold the ball up. I think he won three out of 12 aerial duels or something and failed mm-hmm. to hold it up for our equaliser. So it it's far too early to say it, 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 all the things that we said before still apply. It's he could, he could turn out to be a smart signing and we may well have paid over the odds for him, but in the grand scheme of things, whatever. It, it, but... I would say the high point of any player's career is the three or four days before they play their first game for Newcastle United. (laughs) As a fan base, I'm sure a lot of fan bases do this, but like I see a lot of fan bases when we sign some, when they sign someone going, why have we signed them their shit? I think when we sign someone, the second we actually sign them, there is like we are so good as a fan base talking ourselves into like they they really shoot up in every in our estimates. <laughs> Not <laughs> even when we signed them, even before there's Newcastle yeah, when we're on Twitter at the minute going mad that people have the temerity to call Diego Carlos sometimes error prone. <laughs> people have probably never watched him just getting up in arms <laughs> on Twitter. But how could you have a go at Diego Carlos? He's in the best defence in in the Spanish league. I think, oh, I think you have to, you have to like when you're talking about Chris Wood, though, you have to bear in mind he, he's an average Premier League striker, and like he is bang average. He is not going to be first choice striker when when Callum Wilson's fit. You know, if we're playing one up front, it's Callum Wilson. If reported to be be to be believed, we're still in the market for a striker. So Chris Wood, if we do get this other striker, Chris Wood's been bought as third choice striker. And that he was thrown in against Watford after having a few days with the team and the team not having, you know, any time with him, like like I say, two or three days. They're not going to know how to play with him properly. I think tactically, you've got players like Shelby and Longstaff who weren't following him into the box. Um, Fraser and, uh, and St. Maximum weren't. Like if the, if the play's going down the right with Fraser, St. Maximum's got to be getting into the box and hanging around Chris Wood. And that wasn't happening. I think... He's not going to be a 20-goal-a-season striker. He's just going to be... Is it 25 million, Daryl Murphy? Yeah. yeah. If he does as well as Daryl Murphy, that would be amazing. He's <laughs> 25 Fantastic. million. But I think yeah. as well, we, there was a lot made the other week of it's a great move because we've got a striker and we've weakened Burnley. But I think with the market the way it is at the moment for every team except for us, we've given Burnley 25 million pounds to upgrade Chris Wood I mean that that's as maybe but then to 25 million quid for a team in Burnley's position um, it, it they're not going to be able to go off and just sign a guaranteed goal scorer they're going to have to take a punt and for all a lot of the Newcastle fan base is very good for you know jump like pumping up players we're about to sign we're also very good at saying that this player that this team's going to go off and sign is going to be a world beater. That's true. <laughs> Things are a lot cheaper in Burnley as well. You could buy a lot of property between. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you can live in Cheshire, which a lot of them do. So uh, there must be. We should have a break, but there must be something else we want to say about the Watford game. Fantastic goal by Saint Maximum. Yeah. Mm. I'm, he was somebody must have pinned up our WhatsApp chat on the dressing room wall because um, he answered that. I uh, thought Joe Linton was good again, but I think if we had three different central midfielders, I would much rather have Joe Linton further up the pitch. Weirdly, I, mm-hmm. I think I think just because he's our best central midfielder doesn't mean his best position is central midfield. I yeah. think the, the ongoing mystery uh, will always be, what is John Hinton's position? <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, this was... There'll be football needs, maybe it's just ahead of his time, football needs to evolve to, 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 to get catch up with Joe Linton. He plays a, fo- uh, a position that has not yet been invented. <laughs> He's a false four. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as well, this was another game where it feels like every game at the minute, I come out of it thinking we need, oh no, we need to strengthen midfield. 
was like, oh no, we actually need to, this is the game where I was like, oh no, we don't need to strengthen defensive attack first. We'd strengthen our midfield. It's like, do you remember when Leicester were winning the league and every week it was like, oh, actually, no, Kante's the key player. It's like, actually, no, it's Drinkwater who's the key player. It's like, oh, actually, no, it's mm-hmm. Wes Morgan who's the, I get that every week, but with where we need to desperately sign players. I think the truth yeah. is we need a new spine. Yeah, and and on the left and the right as well. I think left back, we can get through to the end of the season with Dummett and Lewis. Mm. And with Trippier, who can fill in at left back. That's not a huge... Right back, weirdly, wasn't our biggest gap. I think at least one centre-back. Unless, I mean, I don't mind the idea of Paul Dummett playing centre-back alongside an upgrade on Lascelles or... Clark. Well, let's talk more. Let's talk more about that. Let's have a break, and then we will get into transfer chat, of which, as usual, there is a lot. See you after the break. Hello, welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break, guys. Yeah, it's all right. No real response there, but okay. Um, I've got a question from Hassan Diwan. Apologies if I've pronounced that wrong. He says, thoughts on Diego Costa coming to Tyneside? Of course, it's not uh, guaranteed yet, but I think he means Diego Diego Carlos. Yes. There was a link to Diego Costa, though, I think today. There was one? Yeah. I just assumed he meant Diego Carlos. Okay, well, in that case, what are your thoughts on Diego Costa coming to, <laughs> coming to Tyneside? Let's, do, let's deal with that. Let's, I had not heard that as a rumour. I think I might be imagining it. How old is he now? I don't know, but he's a, he would fit into our squad. Here's a thing that's occurred to me today. We've just signed, we've signed two players for a combined, I don't know, pushing 40 million both of them in their 30s. The next player, we have a very... uh, The problem always used to be we never signed anyone who was over 26, was it? That used to be the rule Mm. for years. 27, but yeah, yeah. And then we got rid of that rule and let all the players that we signed when they were younger age. So we now have probably... what in defence of the club, it wasn't like other clubs weren't letting their players age. <laughs> that, is that is true. That is true. But we've, we've allowed the squad to age. It yeah. must be one of the oldest squads in the Premier League. And uh, now we've just signed two players in their 30s. And the next big one that we're linked, linked to is uh, not Diego Costa, I think, but you never know. Diego Carlos, who's 28. Um, whatever you think about that that the sort of signing youth policy seems to have gone, doesn't it? Mm. Twenty eight for a centre back though, you've still got five years out of them. Sure, level. Totally. Yeah. And I think for a relegation battle, you sort of want character and experience rather than kids. Let's assume that he meant Diego Carlos because I mean that's the one to talk about. Has anyone got any thoughts on Diego Carlos? It looks like he is. Uh, he looks like he wants to come to Newcastle. Uh, he wants to to leave Sevilla, Sevilla, and come to us. It looks like he's probably going to cost about thirty five mil or something, or thirty mm. million. Dave, you got any stats? Any thoughts? Well, um, so everything I've read about him and, and all of, all of that shit, he looks like a big physical. Um, centre-half who is prone to the, the occasional rash decision and, you know, mistake. That said... Sounds like he's marvellous else. <laughs> that's, I was going to say, that said, he's like an upgrade on Jamal Lascelles in every I way. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my thing. Like, a lot, a lot of people, like, some people on Twitter have been going, why are we signing this kid well, this lad, he's um, he's rash, he's error-prone, you don't want that kind of person in a relegation zone, relegation battle, you want like cool, calm heads, and yada, 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 yada. But the facts are, 
our centre-halves, on the whole, are pretty shit now. So let's bring in a better centre-half. And just because we're signing him, if we do sign him, we don't have to like build a mid-table push around him or anything like that. We just need to get a body in that's actually a decent centre-back. And for all his faults, he's a decent centre-back. It would be like pulling in... Um, Oh, what's his fucking name? The uh, Boom Song. Used to play for, no, no, not Boom Song. <laughs> was the David, David Rosenhall. No, fuck. The, the used to play for Chelsea. Chelsea with the mental hair. What oh, was his name? David Luiz. David Luiz. It would be like signing David Luiz. He is error prone. He is, you know, prone to the odd rash decision. But he's much better than what we've got. So, yeah, fuck it. Go and sign him. It doesn't matter. It's not our money. I think as well, we've been slightly conditioned by how little we've spent for the last decade by thinking 30-odd million is a huge amount of money for a Premier League player. It's really not. If you look at Arsenal, who is it they signed from Brighton for 50 million? Ben White. Ben White. It's just... So I'm totally willing to, uh, having not seen him play... To my knowledge, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally willing to accept that he's uh, not that, that he's an upgrade on what we have. Uh, Paul, have you got any thoughts on Diego Carlos? I don't really know a lot about him, but I'm wi- I'm willing to bet he's an upgrade on what we've got. Sure. Whether the tricky thing is, I think at this point of the window, we're going to have to buy from abroad. And that's riskier in terms of how they're going to settle into the league. But I think we've only got one game until the end of the transfer window, haven't we? I think Leeds. Yeah. So then I think think most of our work's going to be done in terms of bringing in top, top quality will be done at the mad end of the window. Probably. I I watched, I went to YouTube and watched uh, a Diego Carlos compilation, which I think is the first time I've done that for a, a centre back. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you grab those those videos of footballers, and it would always be like, "Welcome to Arsenal," and they never went to Arsenal or whatever. It was yeah, just, those, those was he just holding a high line and just kind of order? <laughs> <laughs> and you see with with strikers, the ones that are so annoying when the striker videos. It's like the first three minutes is them like celebrating like the same yeah. roles yeah um but uh so i i watched i don't know about three or four minutes of a compilation of him so it's just a series of like tackles but a lot a lot of them i mean he did look big and strong but a lot of them i was thinking i'm sure that's a penalty <laughs> like <laughs> i think that's a penalty and then i went on his wikipedia page and i read up you know, what little there is on his Wikipedia page. Diego Carlos was part of the club's successful 2019-2020 UEFA Europa League campaign. In in the run-up to the final, he conceded penalties in both of Sevilla's quarter-final and semi-final matches against Wolves and Man United, respectively. (laughs) And then also gave away a penalty early on in the final itself. Oh, God. (laughs) In some of So, yeah, I mean, I I, I was just... Maybe he just had an unlucky run there, but I was just quite satisfied that my instincts, that like, this player looks like he gives away a lot of penalties, were corrected by the one paragraph I read on Wikipedia. (laughs) He gave away a penalty in the quarterfinal, semifinal, and final of the Europa League. (laughs) (laughs) That must be a record. That that suggests that if it does, if the relegation fight does go down to the wire, down to the final day, I mean, it does suggest he will probably give away a penalty. <laughs> I mean, I assume they they, they won the quarterfinal and the semi-final because they made the final. Maybe it's maybe that's the deal that he made with the devil. You will always progress, but you will always give away a penalty. I think <laughs> if we do do the unveiling video of him sort of holding his shirt up in the centre circle, I hope in the background Dubravka is just furiously practising penalty drills <laughs> in preparation. <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't realised he was quite... I'd, I'd heard he is error-prone. I hadn't realised it was quite that bad. It'll be interesting if we get him. I don't think he'll be the only centre-back we sign. 
No. This is a, like I said, this is a compilation as well, and you're at the mercy of whoever whoever edited it. But I would imagine if you did a compilation of, um, I don't know, Ben White or I don't know Van Dyke or whatever, any top defenders, there wouldn't be that many like slide tackles in it in the box. No, it's usually no. a sign. It was it was all slide. It was it was all. He's not. He's not a stay on your feet defender. From this compilation that I've seen, would you say? Would you say he defends like someone who's losing to their brother at FIFA? (laughs) (laughs) Just wants to get set up. I mean, all I say is the the um, Brazilian Jamal Lascelles comparison may may prove to be right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like like you say, Paul, I don't think he's going to be the last centre half. Certainly, that we try and sign. I think. I think the idea was always to get Sven Botman, and I think Sven Botman that deal. It's not as dead as it can be. I think. I think we can still put pressure on Lille towards the end of the season, uh, towards the end of the window rather. Um, they're under a lot of pressure um, financially, so you know maybe that we we can chip into that with the financial fair play thing. Which is, yeah. is it that we're allowed to spend like 180 or something? 200, I think. Is it that? Because uh, right. I was going to say, can, like, yeah. Because in a weird way, you sort of go, well, we've spent 40 million on two, but we're told that these are not the big ones. So then, if, if our, like, if our not our big signing central defender costs 30 something million, and then the big signing cost, do you know what I mean? You get yeah. towards that quite quickly. If we've got, if we're about, if we're going to sign a big central midfielder and a big centre forward, like, you know, it, the think, cent- think... central midfielder and the centre forward ones, I could see at least one of those being loans. Mm. True, true. Yeah, and I also think that you have to bear in mind with certainly with FFP that we could sell, we could sign, you know, we could spend 150, 200 million pounds and not not impact the current revenue flow like because that's what it's worked off but we can go off and sign sponsorship deals for like 10 million a season 20 million a season or whatever as long as they're fair market value and suddenly our ffp bracket leaps up by another 50 million or whatever so i'm not worried about and also what are they going to do fine us well they can't (laughs) there's no point in like like banning us from europe or something fucking crack on we're not going to be there for a while well, we'll see. So um, we've got quite a lot more chat on Twitter. Um, James, aka at Pensworld, says, "Any update on transfer of Axel Legrand?" <laughs> <laughs> Ridley Jacobs says, "More Axel Legrand chat, please." Is he in any way related to the Dutch progressive house DJ Fed Legrand? I don't know, but Axel Legrand transfer is still pending. A lot of chat about it. We'll have to see. Any other um, made-up players we've been linked with that you'd like to see come? Um, uh, Ced- Cedric, Cedric Pompidou, <laughs> Cedric, Cedric Pompidou Centre. I quite um, like a centre back with a sort of mean name, just like Lamias Kruger or someone like that, where you think he's going to get the job done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Paul M says. Who would you have as captain if Lascelles surely is dropped? Now we have to assume that we're not. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, one. Let's assume we we do sign Diego Carlos. Let's assume we've got another central defender in, and our squad is fit. Our defence is fit. Is it is Lascelles the first to be dropped? Yeah, it's, it's a so. big move, isn't it, to drop your captain? I mean, he's, he's I think, well, we said this the other week, but if he's giving away one or two goal scoring opportunities every week and doing little else, you can't just keep <laughs> him in because he's captain. So, who do you make captain? Because you can't I think make Trippier. one of the signings. Yeah. Yeah. Trippier, of course, he can. can. Of course, he can. Yeah, it's not about like... the position he plays, it's, he's an experienced well, pro. He doesn't know the car park as well as the others. Can't make him captain. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a brand new player, but yeah, I mean, but I think look at that was really chat talking up Shelby, wasn't he? When he arrived, 
Shelby's not a captain, though. You've got to bear in mind that we're going to bring in, like, say we bring in, we brought in two already. Say we bring in another three or four. You'd expect them to slot straight into the first team. It's fine to have one of the new, like, the new members be a captain in a much changed side. It's not the same okay. as if I'm, you know, I'm willing to accept Trippier. Yeah. Trippier. Trippier, sorry, yeah. And if uh if Callum Wilson was fit, I wouldn't mind Callum Yeah, Wilson. that's true. I'd forgotten about Wilson. Yeah. Well my Joe Linton of captain, to be honest. He's like he's, he's, he's an inspirational tale, someone who like improved himself through hard work. Yeah, but you also don't want your, you don't want the captain's armband to be like something people point to and go, he used to be dog shit. So <laughs> I don't know if that works as an inspiration, but I know what you mean. Yeah. But I think we've got a few candidates, I think, before. Because the other problem is like players like Matt Ritchie, you would say, but they just don't have the... They can be leaders without being guaranteed starters. But I think all this, you can't drop your captain thing. So from person, what are you going to do? Keep the cells in the starting lineup forever? That you yeah. you can get rid of players if they're not up to quality. And especially if you're if you're sent you're spending like thirty five million pound on centre backs, you can legitimately say, well, they're much better than than Jamal Lasell. So he's losing his position in the team on merit. I mean, he's you know, done he's, well. He's done well to build a career on an interview which he gave when he first came to the side. <laughs> <laughs> we signed him from Forest. He came, I can't remember, it was, was it under Pardew? It was quite... Well, no one gives a shit was his thing, wasn't it? Under McLaren. Yeah. Was yeah. it under McLaren? One of McLaren's it? last games, I think LaSalle was... came off the pitch saying no one gives a shit. Yeah, he gave an interview, endeared himself to the fans, was obviously a good talker and a good sort of, you got the impression that he could be a good motivational voice in the dressing room. Uh, I think his mum made quite a few appearances in the stands. That was <laughs> even more to the to the fans. And then he sort of like built a career on it. And he's, um, I think he has had great games for us. But I think yeah, if you're trying to play more progressive football or a high line, he's not suited. To, he'd be weirdly, he'd be a great fit for sort of Burnley. I would. I, I, I would imagine I was, if we tried to go after James Tarkovsky and offered him in return, I think that would work oh, very yeah. well. I don't think that would happen. I always seem like Stephen Taylor, really. Yeah, exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Shit imitations of John Terry. You know, did, I was, there's two kind of central defenders in my mind, John Terry and Rio Ferdinand. The, the, the ball-playing, yeah. central defender... And the uh, last lunatic, lunatic defender, yeah. and uh, John Terry did that very well. Um, Stephen Taylor and Jamal Lascelles have had, have a more patchy record when it comes to that. Well, I think we've just we've just knocked we've on the door. A lunatic. We've knocked on Spain's door and said, "Who's your biggest lunatic?" <laughs> <laughs> we will a guaranteed send it off every other game. Uh, well, so one, 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 go on. Yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say one of the players said that the the, the this next run of fixtures, every, every single game till the end of the season is a cup final. So if <laughs> if your man Diego Carlos can get away a penalty in every final, Amazing. but we but we get there, fucking fine. We just need Maybe to it'll sign become the back and save all the pens. Maybe it'll be like sort of rope dope in boxing, where it's like give away a penalty straight away, just to be like, is that all you've got? And win, win the mental battle early on. Yeah, um, I've got uh, more Twitter transfer chat. Andy Sheldon says, given the signing of Wood, are we building a team to get promotion from the Championship next season? Sean Morgan says, given the slog of the January market, should we change our strategy to focus on loans until the end of the season? Just some general chat there, if, you've, if you want to answer one of those. I think Wood and Trippier would both stay if we went down and would be very, very good in the Championship. But I think the rest of our signings will show that that's not the plan. I think, like Agreed. I keep saying, is I think towards the end of the window, loans and stuff will come into play. It'll be, yeah. I think, half the starting lineup almost will be new. It's almost like a yeah. new season. 
the last 18 games. Any yeah. Do you want to talk about, preferably someone I've heard of from the from the Premier League? Well, Aaron Ramsey, the other one we're being linked with, although so are Leicester and Brentford, is the sort of the free signing of Christian Eriksen, mm. which is, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Has he I played? Don't... Has he played? Not since, no. No. I, I mean, yeah. It's a big old risk. I, I don't, personally, it would be a lovely <laughs> story, but I wouldn't take the risk, not in this season. Seems, if we were like, He seems keen to play, so I think he will end up at a Premier League club by the end of January. We need someone who's going to, I mean, he's not going to come in and, and you can't build a team around him, I would assume, because he's, yeah. he's not going to be not, a it's, it's not just that he's, you know, he had a really serious incident. It's also that he's getting on a bit. He's an older player, so we should really be focusing on... I'll tell you one one name that's been mentioned, Michael Marino. Has he? Mm. Right. Has he? He's done all right, hasn't he, since he left us? Yeah. Yeah, he's had a really good career. Good. Yeah, I'd, I'd happily take him back. Uh, there's also, I think, Donny van der Beek, doesn't fancy it or no the one I've not really seen any players apart from is it Kamara linked with us is that sort of defensive midfielder which feels like such a pressing position but I can't really think who I'd want for that role apart from Phillips and Leeds who there's no way they're going to sell in the winter window well that Basuma from Brighton Eves Basuma and there's this talk that uh, Brighton don't really want to sell but if you threw enough stupid money at him, at them, they would have to let him go. And when I say stupid money, I'm talking like 45, 50 million pounds. And he's a very good central midfielder. And I think he'd be excellent for us, but it's 50 million pounds on, on that. And I think you could spend 50 million pounds on better from the foreign markets who've been harder hit by COVID players yeah. like um, uh, Seco Fofana. Um, He's done really well in the French leagues. And Stop talking about it? foreign foreigners. Okay. Foreign. Um, <laughs> Want to hear um, about good British lads? Da- Danny Pips, players like that, made up British boys. Grant Holt, who's <laughs> who's available? Come on, Premier League. Lee Trundle. Names like, names like John. Hodges. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to see if we've been linked Mason with Chips that's who I want us to sign <laughs> would you like Martial on loan probably not been linked with him he, yeah, like we've been linked with him he's ruled himself out as well I think he's going to end up somewhere like Juve probably we're not well. who's the inter striker we've been linked with Zapata yeah Duvan Zapata Zapata yeah. sorry I think you'd like him Fergus he's big powerful good striker Sounds I don't think he'll join us though. Yeah. Oh, I've just seen that we were linked with Eden Hazard. <sighs> well, He's turned us down as well. Yeah. And you'd yeah, expect Eden him ha- to. I think Eden Hazard, me and Paul went to see us play Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Eden Hazard was the nicest footballer I've ever seen play in person. You know, like, yeah. Just, well, the, the, the one, the footballer who I appreciate my understanding and appreciation of how good he was went up a lot seeing him in person. I was like, I knew, I obviously knew he was a top player, but watching that, I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is like yeah. The best player I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were weirdly linked with Marrow and Fellaini the other day, which I don't think would uh, necessarily be good. But no, I still think, I don't think he might, be good at all. He would probably be an upgrade on some of our central midfielders. Let's just keep knocking it up. To, let's knock it up to Chris Wood, Fellaini, and Diego Carlos. Well, Fellaini in central midfield kind of does the same job as Joel Linton. And it's just big and useful. But Fellaini's got more red cards in him, which I don't know if we could have him and Carlos in the same team. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been linked with fucking loads of players, like genuinely loads of players, so... It's very hard to think of that sort of defensive midfielder, though. It feels like the like central midfielder attacking players feels like there's dozens of options. 
there aren't any central midfielders anymore. There's no... <laughs> they've gone <laughs> the way of the striker. I feel like there aren't any central defenders who, either. Go on. It's all, it's all who, fullbacks now. Who is the... All fullbacks. All who fullbacks. Is the, who is the... Who is the... Who is who was the uh, the centre midfielder that was? Oh, fuck, was it Trip? The Spurs one. Spurs one, yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. Been really good. Yeah. Oliver Skip. Then Oliver Skip. Skip, not Trip. Skip. You're right. Um, he's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Chance around for them. Mm. Yeah. Jude. Todd Cantwell from Norwich. I think oh, we should yeah. make a move for Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it. Sandro Tonali. You know, I, I had an ankle injury uh, a few months ago and I went to a physio and he had previously been a physio for Spurs and he said the only player he'd ever, the only person he'd ever seen with the same injury that I had was Harry Winks. That would be less impressive if he's... His only job has been Spurs physio. So it's like a field of 20 people. <laughs> Everyone he treats now he's not working with. Do you know the only person I've ever treated with this injury is Eric Mella. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I've ever treated who's hurt their knee. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. So, uh, what else? I mean, let's 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 just talk about our next game. Our next match is against Leeds. Leeds away. They have just in time for it seen an upturn in form, or at least they had a good result against West Ham. Uh, thoughts on the Leeds game, Paul? It's tricky to know, first of all, if a win against West Ham is an upturn in form or not, because West Ham seem quite inconsistent after their really good start. Leeds have got huge problems in terms of fielding a team. They're one of the few teams to not try and call off their games, despite... I think if Leeds asked to have their games called off, they would be allowed because of how decimated they are. I think they had a 15-year-old on the bench. More, it seems to be a sort of ethical crusade for them. They've got a, yeah. a, a bench of teenagers. Um, I, do, I do think that, to some point, I think it's Andy Cole pointing out on telly the other day, like, if you're going to have academies... Like, what's the point of having academies if you don't use them when yeah. the team squad are injured? When are you going to play these players, if not now? Um, but yeah, sorry, Leeds. I sort of I would have worried more before under Bruce. We seem to particularly struggle against teams that press us. We, I feel like we've improved in that field, but I don't know if that's just feelings rather than any actual evidence. But I'd. I would like to see the Newcastle that played Man U and not the Newcastle that played Watford, if we could arrange that. I mean, there's a question. If you watch, if you, if you, we had the odd good performance under Bruce, right? And it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if, if you look at the last two games against Cambridge and Watford, is there, has there been an improvement since Howe came in? I would it has argue. in some ways. That, that's not a big criticism of how I'm not saying maybe it's an unreasonable amount of time to, to have one. But I don't see an improvement. But go on. For me, the issue is we we hired a very strange manager to hire for the squad we had. It's like trying to change the entire ethos as a te- of a team with players that aren't suited to play in that way. It's like trying to turn an oil tanker. It can't be done quickly. Weirdly, Rafa, who's now available, who I don't think we should get, but you would you would say with the current squad of players we've got, I would fancy Rafa rather than Howe to keep us in the Premier League. But we're not well, going to have that current squad of players for very long. And I would rather we sign more progressive players and keep working on that. There's definitely been some improvements. We're able to press teams now in a way we haven't before. But there's yeah. also very familiar failings which need to be rectified. Addressed. Yeah. might not be a good enough manager for this job. It's probably no. been a fitness improvement, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this, so my thing would be that there were there were times under Bruce where we got results where we didn't deserve anything, 
And there have been times under how where we've not got three points where we maybe deserved it. And I think that given time and the right players, how we'll get us playing both good football and football that delivers results. Um, but I think... I, th- I, th- I agree with, with Paul. I don't know if Howe's good enough to keep us up, but I wouldn't sack him any time because he's only had 10 games. I'd, I'd give him longer. Um, and if we're still within a shout come the end of the season, I'd, I would say almost he, he deserves the chance to to keep us in the position. If he had had us from, from the off, and he'd made the signings in the summer and he'd made the signings in the in the winter and we were still in the shit come come the end of the season, then yeah, given the boot with 10 games to go, fine. But as it stands, no, I think he's inherited a side that hasn't been coached for two years and hasn't been like the, their condition has been left to ruin for two years. And it's taken them ages to turn it around. Okay, so uh I'm gonna ask you two quick questions. I would like to Quick answers to one: What is your prediction for the score versus Leeds? And two: What is your current percentage chance of us going down? Dave, Paul, uh, okay, uh, I think four? we'll. Uh, okay, Dave. Yes, Dave. I think we're going to lose three-one, uh, and I think we fifty-fifty. Okay. So that's fifty percent going down and fifty percent staying up. <laughs> Staying up, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, okay. Uh, Paul? I'm going to go 2-2 against Leeds, and I think 45% will go down. Okay. But that can change base. I mean, the thing is, we are still in touch, although there's a lot more games in hand for teams around us, but there's 18 teams to go. I think if we needed to make up nine points with 10 games to go, you would say if we had the right players, that's doable. We've got a much smaller amount to make up with more games. So I do feel like the amount of money we seem like we're about to chuck at it, if we don't completely lose our shit and just sign the first people we can, I fancy us to be able to start picking up wins. I think my negativity this week is very influenced by the performance I saw against Watford and the way I perceived that performance was directly linked to the fact that the stream that I was watching it on was very jittery and incredibly frustrating. So that made my mood really bad while I was watching it. So uh, perhaps this is not a fair assessment, but I think we will lose against Leeds 2-1 and I think we've got a 58% chance of going down. Wow. Okay, so, but, you know, maybe if we sign Axel Legrand, that uh, percentage will change. We need him in. We need him him before Leeds. Yeah. Well, yeah, desperately. Okay, that all, um, that that concludes the the proceedings. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Cheers, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener. Goodbye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.